Good evening, y'all, and happy Lord's Day. Thank you. <clears throat> Guys, today is the Feast of Pentecost, right? This wonderful, one of the most incredible feast days of the church, uh, probably next to Christmas, right? Um, and so we might have a lot of questions like, what is Pentecost? And who's the Holy Spirit? That's not a, a person that we really talk about a whole lot in the Catholic Church, right? We talk about God, we talk about Jesus, but we talk about Mary, but the Holy Spirit, who is this, right? Um, in the old church, you might remember in the olden days, we used to call the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost. You remember? Some of y'all remember that? The Holy Ghost. Well, that might kind of freak people out. <laughs> Is the Holy Spirit like this ghost that's like haunting my house? Um, the Holy Ghost. I remember as a kid, we grew up with Casper the Friendly Ghost, right? Um, so you had bad ghosts and you had friendly ghosts. So it was like, is the Holy Spirit like Casper? Like Holy Casper kind of thing? But uh, no, I would say he's not. And we're going to get into who the Holy Spirit is in just a few minutes. Um, but it's exciting. Uh, let's look at Pentecost for a second, guys. What is this feast? Why do we have it as a Catholic? Like we get Christmas as Catholics, we understand it, and we get Holy Thursday, and we get Good Friday, and we get the resurrection on Easter Sunday. Like we get those as Catholics, we understand that. And we even get the ascension to some degree, right? So after Jesus rises from the dead, he walks to earth for 40 days, and then he ascends up to the Father. He opens up the gates of heaven. That was last weekend. Now this weekend, we celebrate Pentecost. And other than having like a beautiful sanctuary and everybody's in red, like what is Pentecost? Why do we celebrate this? And what significance does it have in your life? Well, first of all, we have to look at the Jewish roots, right? Pentecost for the ancient Jews was one of the largest feast days that they had, kind of like our Christmas. And Pentecost happened 50 days after Passover, all right? So if you think in the mind of Jesus, they had Passover on Holy Thursday, Jesus was crucified on Good Friday. He rose from the dead on Easter Sunday. So from that Passover day, you go 50 days and there's Pentecost. What was Pentecost? Well, it was a celebration for the Jews of the first fruits of their spring crop. Right? So they would grow their corn and they would grow their wheat and they, whatever it was that they would grow, their grapes. The first fruits of the spring crop, they would pilgrimage to Jerusalem from wherever they lived. And they would bring the first fruits of their crop to the temple to thank God for the gift of the, the fruits and the, the crops that they've give, been given to him by God. So it's saying instead of, oh, I got the first fruits, y'all all know that first batch of cucumbers and that first batch of tomatoes, those are your best ones for the whole season, right? So they would say, instead of me keeping those, I'm going to go give the best to God. And I'm going to trust he's going to provide for everything else. So Pentecost was the moment where all the Jews would bring the first fruits of their crops to the temple. Okay, So you got to think about that. That's what's happening today. That's what the scripture speaks about. On that day, that's the Feast of Pentecost. So this would have brought people literally from all over the place. They would have been from all the walks of life. And they would have all spoken different dialects as well, right? I mean, we speak a different dialect from the people down the bayou. I'm kidding, right? Um, we all speak different dialects. So you got to imagine, gathered in one place in today's reading from the Acts of the Apostles, was people that would have spoke many, many, many different languages. English, Spanish, French, Aramaic, Greek, you get it. 
And this is one of the great phenomena that happens on this day, is that language does not become a barrier for the gospel to be preached. All right? So this is what's happening. Pentecost is at hand for the Jewish people, and there's thousands of them gathered around, offering up the first fruits. Those are super important for us to remember as we, as we comb through this reading. So we see in Acts chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, right? This is the apostles and the Blessed Mother. They were all gathered together in what we would say the upper room, right? They were all gathered together in one place, and they were fearful. Like, here's all the Jews that maybe some of them had followed Jesus, and maybe some of them left Jesus, and maybe some of them were out to kill the apostles. They didn't want to find the same fate that Jesus found, so they were locked in the upper room for fear, so what should have been a wonderful, joyful celebration of Pentecost was now an occasion of great fear. They didn't want to go out because they were afraid to be killed. So they're gathered up there with Mary. You've got to picture this in your mind. It says, Suddenly a sound came from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And then appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing and resting on each of them. Now this is magnificent, right? You gotta think, you're, you're inside, you're, we all know what it feels like to be in a hurricane. And it feels really good to know that the wind is out there. But imagine if you felt the wind in your house. There suddenly came from the heavens a strong, mighty wind. It's like the earth is waking up and fire starts to come down from heaven and descend upon the apostles. <laughs> this is a magnificent revelation of God. So a question, why wind and why fire? We're speaking of the Holy Spirit here, and so we might ask ourselves, who's the Holy Spirit? And we might say, well, the Holy Spirit is wind. And I would say, no, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's, that's what the Holy Spirit, yeah, He's wind, but who is the Holy Spirit? We might say, well, the Holy Spirit is fire. No, that's what the Holy Spirit is. But who is the Holy Spirit? We're going to get to that in a minute. But why did the Holy Spirit come in the form of wind and fire? And it's not that rock band that was back in the day. Earth, wind, and fire, not the same guy. And <laughs> You remember him? The answer is found in the Old Testament. Let me get to it. Exodus chapter 19. What happens in Exodus chapter 19, Moses and the Israelites had left Israel, the Passover. You remember that? And that's what set them free out of Egypt. And they're going through in the desert. And they're wandering in the desert for 40 years, right? These numbers should be making some sense to you. Um, so now Moses gets to Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 19. And God calls Moses up to be with him on the mountain. And he's going to give him the Ten Commandments. Okay? But listen to this, how amazing. So, Exodus chapter 19, verse 16. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning and a thick cloud upon the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. So the earth, you hear the earth, the, the loud trumpet blast, the, the rumblings that are taking place? Think about Pentecost, because this is, this is what's being fulfilled. 
<clears throat> the earth is making all these noises. And then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. And they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Check this out. And the Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Right? Put yourself at the foot of that mountain for a moment and hear the noise of the earth that is beginning to rumble and, and bring the presence of God in. And then all of a sudden this mountain, a column of fire comes down and descends upon it. The Lord of all creation is descending upon Mount Sinai in fire and in the rumblings of the sounds of the earth. And what's He going to do on Mount Sinai? He's going to give us the law, the Ten Commandments. And so what's going to happen in Pentecost today is that that same fire, that same rumbling, the winds that are going to be blowing through the house is going to come today in Pentecost. And what's going to happen is that it's not going to be God giving us the law on the stone tablets of Moses, but today the Holy Spirit comes upon us and writes God's law upon our hearts. He reveals to Himself, this is the Holy Spirit revealing that He is the third person of the Holy Trinity. Why? Because God came in the Old Testament as fire, and now the Holy Spirit comes as fire, revealing that He is God. And sometimes we forget that, right? Isn't that cool, though? Like, that stuff, like, freaks me out. Like, I love that kind of stuff, right? So we see this. So who is the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit, straight up, is the third person of the Holy Trinity. We've got to remember, He's a person, not a thing. And if He's a person, then that means I can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I can talk to the Holy Spirit. I can ask the Holy Spirit to burn, send your fire into my heart. Burn these sins away from my soul. The Holy Spirit is a person. And that person is the very love between the Father and the Son. The Father loves the Son so much that He gives Himself to the Son. The Son receives the Father's love, loves the Father so much, He gives love back to the Father, and the Father receives the Son's love. And that love that's exchanged between Father and Son becomes another person whom we call the Holy Spirit. It's magnificent. So who is the Holy Spirit? He's the third person of the Holy Trinity. And what does He do? Anywhere the Holy Spirit shows up, what is the manifestation of that person? Love. It has to be. Love. Right? And so this is what happens. Check this out. They receive the Holy Spirit. Mary is right there with them. Tongues of fire comes down. It says they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. They had to be. Jesus tells them. They're, they're distraught in the New Testament. They, Jesus is talking about His death. And they're like, Lord, we don't want you to leave. And He says, if I don't leave, the Holy Spirit can't come. And so Jesus is crucified, goes to the Father for the ascension, and now the Holy Spirit comes. And so they receive Him. And it says they, they, there's all these people dwelling in Jerusalem, which we spoke about. And the apostles come out of this room that they were locked up in, fearing the Jews. They're no longer afraid. They're filled with this courage, this fire of the Holy Spirit, burned away the fear that was in their hearts, and they came out with boldness. And who started preaching? We didn't get to it in today's gospel, but if you read just one paragraph later, Peter starts preaching, the head of the church. But they're all speaking 
all the apostles are speaking, and all of a sudden people are freaking out. They're like, wait a second. Why is it that we hear them? They're speaking their own dialect, but we hear them in our dialect. That's the gift of tongues. They were probably speaking Aramaic, but if you spoke Spanish, you heard me in Spanish. If you spoke French, you heard me in French. I'm saying one message. You're hearing me in your own language. That was what happened here. And it happened so magnificently, Peter begins to stand up and he starts preaching. And you can read his first homily. This is Peter's first homily. And because of his first homily, he's speaking in Aramaic. And every person there is hearing them in their own native tongue. Because of that, Scripture says over 3,000 men were converted that day. Here's the first fruits of the church. Today the church is born. Today the Catholic church, our church, is birthed today. And the first fruits, Pentecost, you get it, the first fruits of the crop, of the harvest, gives to God. The first fruits of the church come today where there are 3,000 souls that are brought to God by the preaching of the apostles. That's what we celebrate. This Holy Spirit, this third person of the Holy Trinity, comes into our hearts and establishes the church today. And they're going to start doing crazy things. Like whenever Jesus comes to them in today's gospel reading and he breathes on the apostles and he says, receive the Holy Spirit who sends you forgive, they're forgiven. Who sends you hold bound, they're held bound. You see, they're going to be able to begin moving and acting like Jesus and, and bringing about the life of Christ again. And so who but God can forgive sins? Exactly. He's given the power through the Holy Spirit to his priest to forgive sins. Who am I to question that? And so this is what we get to celebrate today, this wonderful, wonderful gift. And so we might ask ourselves, well, okay, Father Mitch, that's really cool. I like that stuff, but how do I receive the Holy Spirit? Well, number one, you've already received him through baptism. And then life goes on, and sometimes we don't fully uh, notice, at least I never did, really notice the Holy Spirit working in my life. And then we get to confirmation, and that's the a full gift of the Holy Spirit is given. We're sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit at confirmation, right? So we have them, but we still think sometimes, well, I don't feel Him alive in my heart. What's going on? Well, I would say this to you. You have everything it takes to receive the Holy Spirit. Look at a candle for a second. This candle, well, it's not real, it's got oil in it, but let's just say it's wax. This candle has everything it takes to be a candle, right? It's got wax, and it's got a wick. What would be the one thing that it's missing? Fire. Yeah, a candle can be a cool candle, and you might use it for decoration in your house, but a candle was meant to burn, that's the purpose of the candle. The candle was meant to burn, and the candle was meant to give light in the midst of darkness. And so you and I have been given everything we need to receive the Holy Spirit. What are we missing? Fire. You've got all the sacraments you need to receive the Holy Spirit. You're missing the fire. So how do I get the fire? I would say maybe go with Mary to the upper room. Maybe we're wrapped in fears of our life. Maybe we're wrapped with anxieties in our life. Maybe we're wrapped with certain addictions that we're struggling with in our life. Maybe we're wrapped in some sins that we can't get rid of. Take that, all of that, and go with Mary in the upper room and ask Mary to send you her spouse, the Holy Spirit. You see, Mary wasn't a woman that was stuck in Calvary. 
She wasn't remorse and stuck on Calvary's heel. Mary wasn't even a woman that was of the, in the empty tomb. You wouldn't say that Mary was the woman of the resurrection. No. That was all part of Mary. But Mary was a woman of Pentecost. She's the woman of Pentecost. She's the woman that wants to bring her spouse to the church. She's the woman that had the Holy Spirit descend upon her so much so that she conceived Jesus in her womb. Mary is the woman of Pentecost. So if we want to know the Holy Spirit more, you have to know His spouse, Our Lady. The more you come to know Mary, the more she's going to introduce you to Jesus, the more she's going to introduce her spouse to you, the Holy Spirit. And so what's going to happen? I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, burn here. Burn away this sin that is in my heart. Holy Spirit, cut right here. Cut out this thing in my heart that's stopping me from loving God. Cut out that unforgiveness of myself. That I can't forgive myself for what I've done when I know that God has already forgiven me. But me and my arrogance, I can't forgive myself. Cut that out of me, Holy Spirit. Burn there. Be specific. And invite the Holy Spirit. He's a person. Invite Him in to your heart. Holy Spirit, come in my heart today. Set my heart on fire. Illuminate those dark areas of my heart, Holy Spirit, that I've been ashamed of and had that door closed for a long time. Open that door and illuminate with your fire and your love. The Holy Spirit will come and cleanse and purify. Not with judgment and not with condemnation, but with the love of God. When the Holy Spirit convicts our heart of sin, it's done with love. Incredible love. It's like you as a parent, right? Whenever you correct your kid from doing something wrong, you can do it with great love and that kid doesn't feel degraded. Right? But we all know there's been times in our lives where we've been corrected by our parents and it made me feel like less than a human being, right? By the way that they corrected the whole, that's the enemy that corrects us that way. He puts that guilt on us. Holy Spirit corrects us in a way that we feel loved. I'll never forget on my retreat. First of all, thank you all for praying for me on my retreat. I, was, I had a spiritual director who was an amazing man and has a beautiful gift of reading hearts. He can read souls. His uh, spiritual director was Padre Pio, so has similar gifts as Pio. And, uh, and even through FaceTime, he could still read my heart. And so <laughs> there was this moment where... Um, where he convicted my heart of some sins of my past that I had not confessed. And I didn't realize that they were sins, but man, they were right in the midst of all of it. And, uh, and when he said it, he was like, he just smirked. And he was like, he was like uh, you know, brother, he said, you're a very arrogant man. <laughs> and I was like, I know I am. I know I am, Monsignor. And he smiled, and he was hitting right on it. He was like, brother, he said, God forgave you of those sins a long time ago. He said, you're so arrogant, you can't forgive yourself. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, and you know what? He was right. He was right. And so I had to, but he did it in love. He did it with the Holy Spirit in a way that convicted my heart that it caused me to repent and not to beat myself up. That's what the Holy Spirit can do. The Holy Spirit is going to usher in God's love that is going to draw us to want to be in union with Jesus, that I can walk away from those sins that I think I have to turn to, and He's going to illuminate that. We just have to ask Him for it, that's all. Right? 
And we do that by going to his spouse. Go to Our Lady. She wants to introduce you to her spouse, the Holy Spirit. She wants him to burn brightly within your heart. She's the woman of Pentecost. So go to her and ask Our Lady, what is it that you want removed from your heart today so that you can come to know Jesus and love him more? Whatever that is, that's what you speak to Jesus about. That's what you ask Our Lady and the Holy Spirit to come and burn there and cut there so that I can live in the freedom to be a child of light that burns with God's love. Amen?